Um, yes. We do drink Foster's. We only drink Foster's in England. We don't drink it over here. We're in Australia. Uh, what do you fucking like drink? Coors or some shit like that. Tell you, it's terrible beer. I'll tell you what, I've been listening to your podcast for a while. Sensational. Sensational. But, uh, you know, go and get fucked. Uh, you played a song of mine from, uh, my name's Broga. All my friends listen to you. Fucking good. See you later. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, E. Simon. Well, it's Wackerly. Welcome to the show for people who like to party. <laughs> is that the new tagline? Yeah, I came up with it this week. Well, to hell with the world's source for antisocial commentary. I like that. Like, welcome to the show for people who like to party. <laughs> You can have multiple taglines. Yeah, but that that sounds like a tagline for like a one nine hundred number. It's like here's we're the party line podcast. Party line. <laughs> Did you ever call one of those? Exist anymore? No. I always, you know it, it's funny. I was watching The Simpsons the other night, and I saw like there's a party line like Apu called and Krusty and the comic book guy and the May- Mayor Quimby, and they're all just kind of talking to each other. They're no they're no no girls. It's just them. Is that mm-hmm. what the party lines were? Like, I hey. thought they usually like pay. There's an employee who was a girl to make you think that there was a local girl there, so you kept paying the two dollars a minute or whatever. I thought she was just in the commercial, that sexy commercial saying, "Call the party line, sexy girls are in party," and then you call and it's just a bunch of dudes like, "Hey, so you guys ready to party?" <laughs> I'm yeah, that's what I'm saying. Those party. are our fans, <laughs> people who like to party. So essentially, this is a party line. Where you just listen to two guys no. partying. <laughs> you don't... Just quit trying to change the tagline. <laughs> it's the podcast <laughs> for people who like to party. The show for people who like to party. Yeah, and that's exactly what we're going to do today here with episode 42. Every so, day. So, accurately, um, I was talking to uh, a co-worker today, which I rarely do, but... <laughs> Actually, she uh, she's a nice. Party on. She's she's a nice girl. I wasn't talking to her about partying. I was the just show ch- for chatting people with her. who talk to their coworkers. And report <laughs> that's, on it. Now that's a tagline I could work with. <laughs> um, but a- anyway, I had to help her out with some computer issue. We started chatting about her apartment search. Oh, did you get down right underneath her legs by the Ethernet cord? Sorry no, she about. just uh, she just needed to restart. <laughs> I was just showing her how to she restart here, and, you know, yeah. and. Uh, Quit out of your applications. Good job. But anyway, I was chatting with her about uh, looking for apartments, different areas, and she was telling me that one of the main criteria, it's not the rent. Well, obviously, she's looking at rent, parking, um, amenities, but the, pets, one of the main pets things. Is pets is big for women. One of, the main things, one of the main things for her is sex offenders in the neighborhood. <laughs> she wants like at least seven. <laughs> and seven sex offenders, only three pedophiles, two forcible rapes. Um, no, she was saying that uh, they, they, there's an app 
that the the young millennial girls use these days. It's called Sex Offender Search. It's an app to look for sex offenders in your neighborhood. You can also, there's prudent. websites too. I think we've done that. I think we talked about the website Megan's Law. Yeah, right. But I was just like, really? She goes, yeah, look it up. Look up your zip code. And so I think I, I remember doing this on Megan's Law and in the Tenderloin. And it was just like pretty much I was surrounded by rapists. Now, who was Megan? She like was brutally raped and murdered by some sex offender. Is that what happened? The child? I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, I don't even know why that was named. But they're always named after a female like child that was like a murder victim. Uh-huh. But um, anyway, on this app, I looked at my address now and, you know, there's only maybe two or three. It's not, it's not it's like I'm surprised that this area is bereft of sex Subpar. offenders. Yeah, it's weird. You go south, like you start going south of Santa Monica, you know, towards the uh, Hispanic area, a little more sex offenders down there. But like the lower, like the further south you go, like then the south central and there's definitely more sex offenders. So it makes me wonder, like, I I know this area isn't affluent. It's probably a little more expensive, but I wonder if they just bar sex offenders from living here. Hmm. Like your neighborhood. Have you ever- You're not supposed, they're not allowed to live within a certain distance of a school. Is there a school nearby you? Well, that's what's, you know, they're uh, not- Or is that ex-cons? I guess it depends what kind of sex offense you committed. Yeah, I think registered sex offenders use actually. It's a good point here. They used to not be able to in California live within two thousand feet of a school or a park. Well, but that it? actually uh, that law's been revised. <laughs> I'd like to talk to that politician. I'm going to revise that law. <laughs> well, there's a. Uh, I guess it was Jessica's law. So uh, not Megan, Jessica. I don't know if they were friends, but uh, they should learn not to talk to strangers. In heaven, they're probably friends. Megan has <laughs> died at the age of seven, I'm reading. Um, what, what happened to her? She was uh, raped and murdered by her neighbor, Jesse Timendequis. It's a weird name. It's always someone you know. Right. So the so-called Jessica's Law was approved nine years ago and enforced a blanket restriction on where sex offenders could live. Whether or not their crimes involve children. And keep in mind, like, sex offenders could be like Big Jer in Las Vegas mooning people. Or uh, peeing outside. I've heard people get it for that, too. Urinating in public, which uh, I myself have been guilty of on several occasions. Never, convic- never convicted, though. I was. I got, uh, got arrested in Lansing. Not a sex offender, though? No, you know, I didn't. That never Soft on crime. <laughs> Soft on crime. <laughs> I bet you they do that now, though. This is like back in the 90s. but I think it's how whatever much the prosecutor wants to fuck with you. Yeah, I think they saw the length of my Cops. penis and they're just like, he's suffering enough. Let him be. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they uh, decided to revise this law because they felt that this uh, that was unfair. They, they said the law was unconstitutional. And so now it's made, it made life difficult for these... Um, Sex offenders to find places to live. Many were made homeless. They had to live in like encampments underneath a bridge, like trolls. Jessica was uh, raped and battered to death at the age of nine. Oh, okay, so she lived a little longer than me. Jessica Marie Lunsford. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, right now you'd think there probably would be more sex offenders in your area. So, have you have you done a search? Have you seen how many sex offenders that uh, live around you? The website is quite clunky, but it looks like maybe there's like four within a couple miles. So not too bad. You know, I love no, how you can actually click on the uh, click the on the little blue up. mark. Picture yeah. comes up, says what they're in for. Forcible rape. 
all the white guys, it's always lascivious act with a with a child under fourteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a reason why I'm talking about the sex offenders this week. <laughs> I'm not just doing it just to you nice know segue. just to talk. Well, you know, I did have a nice conversation with my coworker. <laughs> uh, I was like, uh, I hope she doesn't think I'm trying to stalk her because I'm kind of old. You know, she's probably mid twenties. I mean, she'd be able to look you up. <laughs> she knows where you live from the HR department. Yeah, she could find out if uh, I live in her neighborhood. Uh, But anyway, the reason I'm talking about this is that we got an interview this week with none other than Chris Hansen. Chris Mm. Hansen from To Catch a Predator. Remember that show? There should be like a Hansen's Law. God, Hansen's Law. That would just be... I mean, Chris Hansen just pretty much is the ultimate cock blocker of all time. You mean if you're trying to rape a child? Just of anything. Like that guy just like damages everyone's plan. But yeah. I would say uh, definitely with the child Mostly damages people's chances that are trying to have sex with children. I don't know if I'd classify that as cock blocking. Well, he was blocking some cocks. I mean, they were trying to have sex with children, of course, and were trying to uh, break the law. Okay. Um, They were child rapists, potentially. But he still blocked it. I think um, there's like, you know, (laughs) many like overweight sorority sisters you've probably blocked many more cocks than chris hansen ever has. chris hansen well i think he's blocked his fair share oh his share yeah sure but uh that show though to catch a predator you know it went off the air back in uh i think it was 2009 2010 which surprised me because you, you know it's you still see it in syndication i'm but- surprised it never i mean i guess uh and I'm surprised it was the uh, original idea. Like, you know, nobody ever done it before. But I guess the uh, rise of the internet chat room really enabled that show. Well, yeah, it was the chat room. But what's interesting about it is Chris Hansen is currently starting doing a Kickstarter. That's why I had him on the show. He's doing a Kickstarter yeah. campaign in hopes of reviving To Catch Predator as a new series titled Hansen versus Predator, which, which I mistakenly read as I, I thought it was going to be Hansen versus the actual Predator. And they were making a new Predator movie. Mm-hmm. Like Alien versus Predator? Yeah, but Hansen. So Chris Hansen, Hansen. <laughs> just in a jungle fighting the Predator. I thought that would be kind of cool. But no, it's it's actually a web version of To Catch a Predator. So it's a web series. He's, gonna, he's crowdfunding right now to pitch to a major network. Nice. But I would love to see that show be back on the air. Because that show was comedic gold. Not to mention he's doing a service to society, catching uh, uh, pedophiles and sexual predators. But... It was comedic gold. I mean, do you remember watching that show? Yeah, it's great. I would get so high and just watch it for hours. In fact, I did that the other night preparing for the interview. I was just—I just watched it for about three hours. You had a little and marathon sesh. You—they're all on YouTube. Yeah. And uh, I got to say, the show still stands up. It's great. Um, I'm surprised I didn't see more people that I know. Like, especially—I mean, they—they they filmed outside of San Francisco and Oakland. Uh, in a Petaluma. I'm surprised Thomas wasn't on it. it? <laughs> Petaluma. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of pedos live there. Yeah. Oh, I'm surprised I didn't see Thomas on there. You know, broke dick Thomas. Yeah. Does he like to have sex with children? Well, he just seems like somebody that would do that. Like, you know, that would be in a chat room talking to, you know, a, a girl that says she's 16. Why don't you come over? My mom's out. And he'd be like, okay. I, I could just see He's him always d- posting pictures, of, all those pictures of like cute cats kittens which i wonder what the purpose of that all is i, th- I think that's what he's trying to do he's just he's grooming. putting the bait out there he's just grooming that guy i'd still like that's why i think if uh hansen gets this uh web series up still still tom still might make his uh tv debut um 
I did actually know one guy that was on it. And inadvertently, I was talking to a friend about To Catch a Predator, and he was like, oh, yeah, I remember that band Mutator, which was a really big band in San Francisco. Sleazy E was, like, friends with all of them. There's, like, 30 people that were in it. They're, like, one of those Burning Man techno-funk bands. Mm, sounds really bad. Yeah, they're horrible. But the, they, they played all the big Burning Man events. They played Burning Man. They played Decompression, all the big parties in SF and Oakland. But they were a big band. And, I mean, they toured, and there were like 30 people in the band. I think they had rotating members. But there was one guy that was the founder. That dude was asked to take a seat by Chris Hansen. Yeah. And he was rotating on TV. Pedos. <laughs> Could you imagine if that was your bandmate, and you're just like getting high watching, hey, to catch Predator Marathon. Yeah, let's do it. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa. It's certainly not unheard of in the world of music. No. I mean, Jerry I Lee Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> Who's that guy, uh, uh, the Lost Prophets guy? Who's you the Johnny that, Be Good guy? Um, or you're talking about, oh, uh, you Chuck Berry? Chuck Berry. But Chuck Berry pissed on a prostitute. He didn't rape a 12-year-old. I thought he also, I thought he, uh, like, Jerry Lee Lewis uh, married, like, his 13-year-old cousin. Jerry Lee Lewis did, but Chuck Berry... I know, but I thought Chuck Berry did also. I might be wrong. I have to check into that, oh, but I'm, I don't I'm think so. I'm certainly wrong, but... <laughs> But um, but that the guy from the Lost Prophets, which is a, a popular band a few years ago, that dude like raped an eleven month old baby. Could you imagine oh, being right. in that guy's band? The English guy, right? Yeah, the English guy. Oh, now I'm remembering that. Yeah, no. So That's yeah, great... the funny thing is, is everybody would say, uh, you know, that there's like, it's just all child rape is bad, but clearly, that's not what people actually think. Well, there's definitely levels, but <laughs> there's definitely levels because like an eleventh month old baby, everybody's like, holy fuck. Even a guy who like rapes fifteen year olds or fourteen year olds is going to be like Jesus God, Dude, uh, man. Okay, <laughs> we, there's certain Taking standards, man. Um, Chris Hansen is uh, trying to launch this new series. He's crowdfunding a Kickstarter campaign. I guess uh, it ends this month, like in a week, and he hopes to raise around seventy five grand. I think he's at fifty four. So people, you should go over there and donate money because. So D. Simon can smoke weed and have something to watch. Yeah, with. exactly. Because it is very entertaining. I, I love that show. I mean, you know, my favorite part about it is when the guys show up. Like an old guy that kind of looks like Santa shows up. The girl's like 16. He goes in there. He's got a duffel bag full of dildos. Mm -hmm. He sits down. And then she's like, okay, excuse me. I'm going to get into something a little more sexy. I'll be right back. And then she steps away. And then Chris Hansen just walks out. And he's like, take mm -hmm. a seat. And the guy's like, uh, okay. And you hear his dick go, <laughs> but then he's like, so what are you here for? And he's like, oh, um, you know, I just came to, came to sit here and make sure her mom comes home and knows that she's talking to guys on the internet. It's like, uh, okay, well, why don't we read this transcript? It said here that you want to put both your balls in her mouth. Oh yeah. I forgot I said that. <laughs> and then they try to get up and run. That's my favorite. When the, when Chris Hansen comes out and they just try to run and the cops are just ambushing him outside. They're just laying in wait. <laughs> laying in wait, to use rape terminology. <laughs> I like it when it's the younger dudes for some reason. Like it's, I, I, for some, I just like it when it's like a 28-year-old guy. He's like, oh, I'm going to fuck a 14-year-old. Because you know their whole thing in their head is that they got like fucked over by some kid when they're, you know, some girl when he was 14 and they just can't get over it. So he just and wants I just, to uh, relive I his know. youth. I just enjoy seeing those people suffer even more than the old Those guys. are the guys that usually run, though. Oh, yeah, because they have a little bit of sprinting ability left in them. You know, big fat Santa man 
not going to run very fast. I saw one the other day that uh, it was just some dude that was sitting there and like she she's like, I'm going to slip into something more comfortable. Hold on a second. She just left and he just got butt naked just sitting on the stool. <laughs> and then Hanson walks out and was like, maybe you might need this towel. <laughs> plus what like 14 or 12 year old says i'm gonna slip into something more comfortable like what the fuck have you been watching betty davis movies would you be upset are you sure you're 14 <laughs> actually i'm 67 would you be upset if you're the neighbor like the, uh... the, the pedophile trap like the pedophile trap house next door if I was a normal human being, I would, but I'm also a voyeur. I actually love it when like crime shit goes down near my house because I love to like sit out there and watch it. Would you get your gun and be all vigilante? No, no way. <laughs> I love the best thing that can happen is when you're like kind of buzzed, like you've been drinking or whatever, and and you're watching TV. The movie's really boring or whatever, but then and then you hear you hear sirens like right outside your house in a commotion. And then you just get to go sit on your porch for like two hours and like watch the, the goings on. Yeah, love dude, that. I do love that. When there's it's action like awesome. outside, go like rubberneck. Especially when it's right in your, you know, right. Because you can just sit at your leisure on your porch and crack a beer because you're in your own property. Yeah, and just watch the cops like pull, watch the guy doing all the sobriety tests. Yep. Like, yeah, I think he, uh, I think he's, uh, I think he's wasted. It <laughs> seems a little drunk to me and I would know he missed the letter Q. <laughs> anyway, Chris Hansen, uh, uh, was, um, down for doing an interview here in sick and wrong. Uh, interesting guy. He's from Michigan. Gonna talk a little I, bit I, about somebody that. should have intercepted him and been like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm just going to do an interview on this podcast. No, you're not. Don't do that. It's a bad idea. Yeah, apparently his agent uh, doesn't know Why don't you have a seat over there and not do that? (laughs) But we're big fans here, Chris Hansen. And uh, I chat with him for a bit about about the show To Catch a Predator, about his background, and about his uh, new uh, campaign for Hansen vs. Predator. We'll get to that in a second. Here's a word from our sponsor, AdamandEve.com. It's butt plug month on AdamandEve.com. Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom. And by something new, I mean a butt plug. Because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. Hey, Chris. Hey, how are you? Good. How's it going, man? Thanks for being on the show today. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. How's everything on the West Coast? I'm I'm doing all right over here in uh, Los Angeles. It's kind of early in the morning, but uh, (laughs) good good to catch you right before the weekend. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about your new show. I mean, you know, I read about this the other day. I was really excited. I was always a huge fan of Catch a Predator. Uh, we we discussed that show many times here on our program. So uh, I was excited about it. So Hanson versus Predator. You have a Kickstarter currently going. Um, how much money are you trying to raise, and uh, when's the due date? Well, we've set the goal at uh, seventy five thousand, hoping to far surpass that. The due date is uh, May fifteenth. We just started, so we're on day three. And it's very exciting. You know, this is my first uh, run at crowdfunding, and uh, Kickstarter is a great uh, outfit to work with. And, it, you know, we started thinking about doing another Predator investigation, you know, several months ago, and, and um, we started talking about how to do it and what's changed since we did the last investigation. And, and the whole playing field is different now. When we did the first investigation, you know, we basically had decoys on 
Yahoo and AOL chat rooms. Well, today mm-hmm. there are so many different places, you know, um, not just Twitter and, and Facebook, but, but uh, you know, Instagram and Snapchat and, and Tumblr. interactive gaming. Uh, yeah, everything. Tumblr, Kick, I mean, all kinds of places where, you know, kids can get approached. On top of that, remember when we started this, most people were on laptops. Now everybody's got a smartphone. So it's, it's ubiquitous. And so, you know, the other thing that was happening is that the question that I was getting most on social media, whether Twitter or anything else, is when are you going to do another Predator? We're signing a petition for you to do another Predator show. So, I, you know, I kind of felt the time was right. And I started talking to my guys over at William Morris Endeavor, and, and it turns out they have a whole uh, section just dedicated to not just digital, but crowdfunding. So we hmm. decided to go that route, let people who are asking for it most be involved, be a part of the process, and uh, help us do it. And it's going really well so far. Yeah. Well, so is the show going to have a similar format uh, as to catch a predator, but it's going it to be on the be. internet? Well, it's going to be Hanson versus Predator, and we're going to go out and shoot it, uh, you know, very soon. And um, we will initially distribute short segments digitally, and we're in talks with some uh, digital distribution uh, companies right now. And then we'll repackage them uh, for, for broadcast. And um, we're talking to some folks on that as well right now. So, but it's going to have a similar strategy where there's going to be a decoy. Yes, absolutely. House. We'll have decoys. We'll have, uh, you know, we'll have better technology just because, you know, we can find out more about people in advance. You know, we have many different ways to communicate with people. We have, you know, better cameras and microphones. I mean, things have really advanced mm-hmm. since we did the first one in 2004. Well, it kind of, I guess that kind of leads to my next question. Like, do you think this strategy to catch the pedophiles will be as effective now, you know, now that, I mean, to catch predators and meme on the Internet? South Park even oh, yeah. did a parody. Don't you think I, they've caught on? Well, I don't because the activity continues. I mean, remember that, you know, even in the later stages of the original investigations, you know, we had situations where, you know, I'd walk out and the, the guy was, you know, putting his marijuana on the counter to show the decoy, you know, it, and then the... Uh, he looks at me, and before I can say a word, he said, well, you're Chris Hansen. I said, well, yeah, how did you know that? He said, I watch the show all the time, and when I miss the show, I download the episodes on the Internet. So, you know, it became this situation where even though people knew that we were out there doing investigations, um, you know, they also know that the police and and the FBI are out there doing them every day. You know, the FBI a few years ago caught a a prosecutor in a sting down in Florida, and, uh, you know, they're putting the cuffs on him, and he said, where's Chris Hansen? And they said, no, 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 it's not one of his, it's just an FBI investigation. He goes, oh, shoot. God, <laughs> that, makes it, that makes it sound like they're doing this to, uh, just to meet you. No, I think, it, you know, I think it's a problem, and I think you know, law enforcement agencies all around the country you know, try to do the best they can to police it. But when you consider how many people are online at any given time, how many ways there are to communicate, you know, it's virtually impossible to, to monitor this in any really effective way. It's just like monitoring Craigslist. I mean, if you consider... You know, there are internationally some 60 billion posts on any given day and 44 people working at Craigslist, uh, you know, as helpful as they are with law enforcement, it's impossible to monitor that. Yeah. So so it sounds like you're going to employ some new techniques here and uh, not just uh, catch the sexual predators who don't own the TV or uh, who are just like, you know, at low intellect. So um, um, how, how much evidence... Do you need, though, to convict these guys of a crime? That's, that's the one thing I always wondered about when watching right. uh, To Catch a Predator. Like, has a crime been committed if there's no sexual contact? Well, in most states, the actual 
solicitation of an underaged person is committed actually online. So in the vast majority of cases, the transcript that I would have of the chat or that the police and prosecutors would separately have of the chat provided them by the decoys mm-hmm. would be enough for conviction in court. Um, you know, we probably had around 300 men surface in our investigations. Uh, of that, some 250 were, were prosecuted. Remember okay. in the beginning, the first two investigations, uh, there was no police prosecutor parallel investigation, even though some of those guys were successfully prosecuted. But in all the cases, once the police and prosecutors came along, each case that was prosecuted um, was was successful, but for one that I know of where there was a dismissal. Um, The rest were either guilty pleas, no contest pleas, convictions by a judge or jury, and the sentences range from probation and registration as a sex offender up to 24 years in prison. Hmm. All right. That's what I was wondering is if if these uh, allegations can stick. I mean, it's... Because a lot of those guys, and I've seen some of the guys at first, you know, especially when you come out and uh, interrogate them, you know, they're like, no, it wasn't me. I, I didn't write that. And I'm just wondering if, if they deny it and just say, you know, it wasn't me. Someone borrowed my phone or someone, right. uh, you know, hijacked my computer. I'm just and wondering how that, how that could stick because if you, you know, don't have them on, on camera. Right. Know, uh, well, um, you know, there are ways uh, and technology exists where they can confirm, you know, that, that somebody was on Your there. And obviously address, when the, yeah. Well, yeah, right, exactly. And again, yeah, I mean, could somebody theoretically be, be uh, on somebody else's uh, email? Sure. Could they hack into it? Sure. But then why are you, sir, actually standing in this kitchen? Yeah, you know, there's a reason why you showed up today. Right, um, right. So, so you're right. I mean, actually showing up, you know, really makes the case solid. Um, the solicitation, you know, that you can make a case for when the guy shows up, and in the text says, I'm going to bring X, Y, and Z, and he shows up at the house, and he has X, Y, and Z, that's a pretty solid case. So how do you respond to the criticism that it's entrapment, you know, that the, uh, the decoys were led on or goaded by the predators to have a, uh, or, go, you know, the decoys were, uh, were goaded, the predators were goaded by the decoys into having, like, a sexual conversation? Sure. Well, it's not because, one. you know, there was a very strict protocol in place for the decoys, went into the chat rooms and didn't make first contact. I mean, they went in there with a profile that included a picture that was um, obviously underage. They waited until somebody approached them. The potential predator had to raise the specter of sex first, and then the conversation continued. And yes, they would invite them over, but the protections were in place so that, you know, somebody who didn't intend on doing anything wrong was, you know, goaded unfairly into doing it. Yeah, that, that's the that's the one of the one of the things I was wondering about. Like, were you ever worried for the you know physical harm of the uh, decoy? Because I mean, you had these girls that were, I mean, they look like they're like fourteen or fifteen, but they're probably what eighteen. Well, no, they were they were older, and, and and you know they went through some uh, instruction. And obviously, we have a lot of security in place when we do something like this. So yeah, I mean, it, look, it's edgy. Um, you know, I worry about everybody's safety, but I also worry about you know our crew safety when we do a story on. Uh, you know, bike thieves in, in New York City. I mean, mm. you know, we did all these predator shows. We've been around the world doing all kinds of hidden camera investigations, really edgy stuff. And the two times uh, most recently that I almost got, you know, hit was ex- exposing a counterfeit Mophie um, salesman in a mall in Connecticut and confronting a, um, a bike shop owner who was buying hot bikes. 
you know, <laughs> so you, you never know, you know. Then I am thinking, okay, we'll wrap this up and take the crew to lunch, and, and you know, suddenly I've got this madman chasing me around, threatening to hit me. So, you know, you never know, but, you know, I think we, we have always and will continue to take the proper precautions to make this absolutely as safe as possible. So where were you hiding when the uh, predator's talking to the decoy, and, and what was your cue to step out and confront it? Well, the cue was different in, in every case. You know, I kind of just had to feel, you know, when the timing was right, and, and obviously we wanted to get, you know, as much interaction between the decoy and the potential predator as possible because that, that shows motive, that shows intent, that shows... Criminal. Uh, yeah, exactly. And it also gives me more to talk about than just the transcript, which, you know, in most cases was certainly enough. But I would kind of, you know, get a feel for it. And, and um, I was watching on a monitor or several monitors in, in uh, a room um, and that was close by so that I could get out. And, and uh, you know, the whole thing is blocked out. So it's, mm. you know, there's protections and, and, and safety for everybody. But, you know, you, you go, sort of get a sense of, OK, this is it. It's, it's time to go. I, I got to say, some of those interviews are cringe-inducing. Like, what do you think the most disturbing one that you've ever had? Like when you walked out, you saw this guy, you started talking to him, and you're like, "Oh man, this guy's just—you know—he's a—he's a—he's a real bottom feeder." Well, you know, it's about a hundred-way tie for first. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's—it's—it's a—you know—so many were so disturbing on so many different levels. I think the one that stands out was in uh, Fort Myers, Florida. In we were Florida, working on a Sunday, and, and uh, was the last guy due in for the investigation. And he was there to see, I think, a 13- or 14-year-old boy. And he pulls up in an SUV, brand-new SUV. That's probably in his late 30s, early 40s. And he goes to the, the back door of the, the uh, SUV on the, on the driver's side. He opens it, and the assumption is he's going to grab pizza or you know beer or whatever he's brought. Mm. And he takes his 5-year-old child out of the car seat and oh, leads man. him by the hand up the driveway. And there was a collective gasp that came out of everybody's mouth. Now, I realize that these guys who work with me on these projects have been with me um, in some of the darker corners of the world doing all kinds of different investigations. And so nothing much shocks them. But this, this people were in tears over this. Yeah, I mean, now, I, I can imagine it's hard to be desensitized to that. Yeah, I mean, we didn't think he was going to involve the child in anything he had planned to do with the, with the teenage boy. You know, he was probably going to put him in a in a room and put a video on. But um, the fact that he would bring the kid, it turns out his wife was at work and he was, you know, in charge of the, the child for the day. So he walks in. Now I've got to figure out, you know, how am I going to handle this without traumatizing the kid? So he walks in and I walk out and I said to him, just, you know, straightforward. Uh, look, I know why you're here. You know why you're here. This is who I am. Because your son is with you, I'm not going to put you through all this. Um, so why don't you just get on your way. I said, thanks, thanks very much for big misunderstanding. I said, you know, and obviously he was arrested and child services was called, but you know, that was probably one of the toughest things I've ever seen. Yeah. And that, 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 that definitely is disturbing. I mean, some of the guys, you know, I mean, obviously most of the guys you're like, good, I'm glad you're getting arrested and you're, you're getting off the street and you're going to be incarcerated. But there's a couple of them I actually kind of felt a little sympathy for. Did you, did you ever do, did you ever have that feeling where you're like, man, I, you're not, I can tell you're not that bad of a guy, and you just really screwed up. Well, I think so, and, and I think those guys were dealt with fairly. You know, look, I think it comes down to three different categories. They're the hardcore sex offenders that are going to be doing this no matter what, with or without the Internet, and those guys can't be fixed. Then there's a more interesting group in the middle who, you know, have a predilection towards this but probably wouldn't act upon it without the Internet, the 
addictive nature, the, the 24-hour access, and the anonymity that it provides. These guys would not say any of this stuff face-to-face, but they, they would say it, you know, um, um, on the Internet. And I think there's this other group of, you know, I'm not defending them, but, you know, early 20s, kind of awkward, kind of shy. You know, they're talking to a girl who's, you know, 14. Obviously, she's underage. It's wrong. But, you know, in seven years, nobody would care about the age difference. And, and you know, they go for it. And I think those are the guys who probably can get, you know, a slap on the hand, you know, a little probation and a promise of never doing it again. And I think in that category, I think a lot of the guys would never do it again. I mean, I guess that's, that's what I wondered. Like, do you think, I guess, public humiliation on this level is, is the best way to treat, and not, not necessarily treat pedophilia, but, uh, you know, a, a deal with pedophilia? Well, I think to discourage our predatory behavior is probably a good way to put it. But, you know, look, I tried to have a real conversation with these guys. And I know it creeps somebody out that I would say that about somebody who's capable of doing something like, you know, these guys are capable of doing. Mm-hmm. But the reason why the vast majority sat down to talk to me was because I didn't go tisk, tisk, tisk. And, you know, help me to understand why you're here and what, what's going on. Because if you can better understand what's going on in one of these guys' minds, you can better protect your children. And, and I truly, truly believe that, whether it's, you know, online predators or financial predators or, you know, scammers who are going after your, your grandma's money. You need to understand how that, the brain works, and then you can teach your children how to protect themselves. Yeah, I think that's what I valued most about the, uh, the interview portion of the show. Is, uh, I mean, you were actually genuinely interested why the guy showed up. You well, weren't, I, I you weren't sitting there... Yeah, but I try and do that with any interview on any topic. I mean, that, that's the key to, to, to making it interesting. I mean, sure, were there comical moments? Did I say some things that are, you know, a little, little smart-alecky? Of course. I just didn't want every interview to look the same, but I tried to keep it absolutely appropriate for the situation this guy put himself in, and I think the vast majority of times we did. And again, it goes back to, you know, anybody can jump out of a bush and scare somebody and chase them down the street. This... Mm was an attempt to have a meaningful conversation with somebody who, you know, was doing something that could harm a child. Yeah, I mean, you were, you were engaging rather than lecturing. Well, that's, that. that's what I tried to do. I mean, clearly, you know, when somebody says, well, I came here because I thought the house was for sale, you know, I'm going to take them, take them down on that because <laughs> I've got the transcript and I know the house isn't for sale. And, I, and I'll say, well, who told you the house is for sale? Well, my friend. Well, who's your friend? Bob. Well, what's his cell phone number? Let's call him now. And, you know, little by little, the story unravels. But that's, you know, that's part of the art of the interview, you know. Mm. Uh, so how often did the guys try to escape? Because, I mean, are, are they required to take a seat and chat with you? No, no, absolutely not. I'm, I'm a reporter. I'm a TV guy. I'm not the, the police. And that's what I, you know, I always say when the guy says, you know, can I go? I said, you're free to leave. You know, what's going to happen to you next? I said, that's not up to me. You know, even though I know you know, the police are outside and they'll, they'll arrest them. Um, you know, at that point, it becomes a police investigation, not, you know, my investigation. And, and the police are just waiting outside. So who, who notifies them that, okay, this guy's on the loose, he's running? You know, well, typically to, to what would in. happen is, in, in the case of the original investigation, the online watchdog group would, you know, supply us with information we needed to, to do our investigation and separately supply the police and prosecutors with the evidence they needed to do their investigation. So once the guy, you know, leaves our, <clears throat> our house, you know, the police obviously have set up a command post and they have a protocol for, you know, safely arresting these guys and, uh, um, you know, getting them, getting them uh, booked and mm. through the uh, justice system. 
Um, you, you, did you ever encounter any of the, like, any of the predators? Did you know any of them personally? No, yeah. thankfully. <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> that, that, that would have to be the worst, because then, I mean, you walk yeah. out and it's like your uncle or something. Um, yeah, well, that'd be bad. My final question here, how often did the predators get naked? Because I remember one uh, particularly oh, uncomfortable, yeah. like, disturbing episode. The guy, like, uh, was completely nude. You had to hand him a towel. Oh, yeah. At two occasions, um, the guy came in naked. Uh, <laughs> once in uh, Herndon, Virginia, and once in... Uh, Fort Lauderdale. No, it was at Fort Myers, Florida, I believe. And uh, it was stunning. I mean, unbelievable. <laughs> you know, you, you, you think you've seen everything. You know, we had a doctor, we had a, a rabbi, we had a, a teacher, we had um, a military intelligence officer, then a guy who walks in naked. And at no time during journalism school at Michigan State University was I trained to interview a naked man during an investigation, you know, and... Uh, Got to be <laughs> jarring. It is. It's a little bit jarring. I mean, it's like, how does this? How does this happen? You know. <laughs> so I got to say, uh, you know, I went to University of Michigan. So ah, well, rivals. I'll, I'll let you slide, even though. <laughs> Better Actually, journalism is school is uh, well you know, for you. Michigan, Michigan uh, my, my youngest son is at Michigan State right now, studying uh, uh, journalism. That's a great school. I, I, well, I so is Michigan. Channel, I know we. I know we have a rivalry, and we we tease. And, and uh, my sister went to Michigan, and so we, you know. You can imagine on the Michigan-Michigan State game day, it's, uh, it's pretty brutal. <laughs> you know, I saw your report on Detroit, too. It's uh, very interesting. Well, what do you think the future holds for that, for that city? I think, I think the future is quite bright. I mean, obviously, you know, Detroit was in a tough place and has been for a long time. You know, when I did the story, Dave Bing was the mayor, and, you know, he really, really worked hard to try mm. to turn things around, but he faced a lot of obstacles. But he got it to a point where the current mayor – you know, who's being very creative and very aggressive and uh, courting a lot of business is, uh, is really making headway. And I got invited back this past fall as one of 150, you know, former Detroiters to, um, to be uh, a part of this uh, program and learn what's happening there. Warren Buffett was there, um, Dan Gilbert of Quicken Loans, um, all kinds of people, the Illich family. I mean, people are, are investing billions of dollars in mm. Detroit, and, and it may take a while, but I think it's really going to turn around. And, and you remember the city of Detroit proper is surrounded by some of the most beautiful, affordable most suburbs of America. Too. Yeah. And so if you can link that and, and, and you can link the different parts of Detroit. And, and the biggest problem is, or one of the biggest problems is, you know, they had so many abandoned homes and buildings, vacant lots. I mean, when I did that story, the amount of vacant property and abandoned buildings in Detroit added up to the size of the city of Buffalo. Yeah, that's staggering. Um, you know, so think about that. Now, you know, now, you know, they find a, a house that's, uh, you know, in shambles and they find the owner. They write him a letter, say, look, you got 30 days to clean it up, pay the taxes or return it down. They tear it down. They put a note on, you know, the good houses on either side, say for two dollars, you can buy this property as long as you keep it clean and stay within the zoning. And people are doing it. You know, people are going online and buying abandoned homes for, yeah. you know, eight, ten, twelve thousand dollars and fixing them up. And, and you're going to start to see over a period of time, I believe combined with the, the kind of money and support that the, you know, Detroit people are putting into it with money. And Roger Penske and, and uh, as I said, uh, the Illich family who owns uh, with, um, the Red Wings and the Tigers and Little Caesars Pizza. I mean, these people are dumping, you know, a fortune into the redevelopment of Detroit. And it's, 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 going, to be, it's going to be good. It's going to take some time, but I truly believe it's going to be good. Would you ever move back? You know, I'm so centered out here on the East Coast. I mean, I would love to have a presence there. My mom is there. Um, 
and, and you know, I would like to figure out a way to have some sort of a production facility there to, to support Detroit and to, you know, keep ties there. I mean, I go back all the time, and I'm very active at Michigan State University mm-hmm. still. And, 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 and so I would like to – I don't know that I live year-round there just because for work I need it's to be you know, on one of the coasts. But yeah. uh, it's a great place to live. Listen, I, was a, I, was a, I grew up in the suburbs and was a reporter in Detroit for 10 years. So, you know, I, I know all the, all the shortcuts. Yeah. Well, Chris, thanks for taking the time to chat with me. Well, thanks and, for uh, having me. I appreciate it very much. I just want to hype, uh, put people out there. Please donate to uh, the Kickstarter for Hanson vs. Predator. Uh, you have about a month left, maybe a little less. Um, I think you're doing a service to society, and uh, I, I hope you never ask me to take a seat. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> me, me too. All right, take care. All right, thank you so much. Bye now. Hey, kids, do you like sex toys? Yeah! Then go to adamandeve.com and make a purchase using coupon code DIDDLE. You'll get 50% off your first item, three free adult DVDs, free shipping, and a gift so sensual I can't even mention it on this podcast about murder and bukkake. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's DIDDLE, D-I-D-D-L-E, like your uncle used to do to you. So, Wackley, we got a few phone calls to get to. 206-666-3846 is that number. Um, some thought experiments in here. A uh, couple other guys. This guy, this guy here, you, may, you might recognize this voice. Uh, hello, this is Chinese delivery guy. I deliver on full to Lance Wackley. Only give me five cent tip, cheap bastard. I deliver another spring roll, fried rice. Crispy, well stuck to his house, his brand new wife, and the door very delicious. Boss, only give me five cent tip. Once welcome, you are cheap. Next time, cheap tip, team of some young guy in your food, cheap bastard. It's just. Oh, it's bringing that character back, huh? <laughs> How often do you order it's like uh, the Chinese food? of that guy. <laughs> How often do you order Chinese takeout? I never get it delivered. It's ridiculous. <laughs> this this is better though. This this impression is better than uh, than last time. Oh, he's been he's been workshopping it. I think he's uh, been practicing. Hmm. It's, it's it sounds a lot more authentic. Like I really did think that maybe you're you're calling the happy walk, and this is the guy delivering your food. Well, he, had, he already did delivered it. <laughs> no, but I mean, it sounds like it might be the guy who delivers your food. I um, mm. I gotta applaud his efforts. That was uh, that was way better than last time, and uh, a good character that to keep on <laughs> keep Don't on calling the show. <laughs> I wouldn't mind impressions of all the other places that Wackily orders food from, like the Italian guy who makes pizza and meatball subs, um, <laughs> the Jewish guy at the Jewish deli. Yeah, there's a Lithuanian place. The Fucking in- try that one out. <laughs> the Indian guy. Yeah, what about the, the Lithuanian? Like, I'd like to hear that accent. <laughs> yeah, all the guys at Wackerly stiffs when he orders takeout. That's a, that's a good bit. All right. Um, this guy. Here's another guy. This is a, uh, an insane gun nut. This is why people don't want to invade America. Because all Americans are strapped. Hey guys, what's up? Uh, I called a couple weeks ago with a story about my girlfriend finding a dead body at work. Um, and I appreciate you guys thinking she was very sweet and, and conscientious and 
remember this? This was the girl who, um, she was like, I think she was in mortuary school or something, but yet she volunteered at like a rehab. When she found a dead body, yeah, it's coming back to me. Yeah, and like one of the one of the women, one of the women, like one of the patients, uh, was so high, or I think I don't know, if she was so high, or she so something was wrong with her, or she was just so out of it. She Jody. didn't realize that her uh, no, you know what it was? It was a halfway house. She didn't realize that her guest had just died and was dead for eight hours. Oh yes, that was this guy's girlfriend. You're right. Now I remember. Compassionate, and I'm here to tell you that she was a pretty wretched cunt. Um, I, I mean that with all due love and respect. And uh, okay, she not together any longer. So she's going to hear that. But, uh, anyway, I got more stories about her later. But this story is about me. Um, happened a few years ago. I'm, I'm what you might like to call a firearms enthusiast, or maybe a gun nut. I keep a gun with me pretty much everywhere I go. Um, the only place I don't take a gun is into the bar itself, which is kind of the point of this story. Um, rolling with my boy Terry this night. Uh, are you, if you do, if you do have a, um, one of those concealed and carry permits, are you allowed to have a gun in a bar? I think so. <laughs> it's up to the bar owner, I guess. No, but I mean, if you're, cause obviously you're going there to get intoxicated. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's state by state. I think maybe some states have laws against it, drinking establishments, and some don't. Do you have a conceal and carry permit? No, you can't get one in California. Oh, you can't. Would you if you could? Yeah, both my parents have them in Utah. Do your parents, like, uh, when you go out to uh, Hardee's, are they packing guns? No, they just have them because they give them out like candy out there. Whereas in <laughs> California, it's like the opposite. Like, you need to be... Like, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme before they're going to give you one. So does uh, Papa Wackerly have a Magnum and, like, Mama Wackerly has just, like, a little Colt forty-five or something? I don't think she even has her own gun. I think she just took the class. It's a little revolver. Hmm. Your whole family could shoot together. You guys are like the Palins. Yeah, I know. I love hanging out with my family so much. Mm, we're already pretty drunk. We get to the bar and uh, put the put the gun in the glove box. And, uh, you know, he knows it's there, obviously, and carries the gun himself. So we go inside, we're, we're getting shit-faced, and I'm outside uh, smoking a cigarette. He comes to the inside of the window, like, that I'm outside of, and ta- starts tapping on the window, making faces. So I tap back, but my side of the window has a very thin layer of glass. So it shatters as soon as I tap on it, and it slices my hand up. And I'm like, fuck. So the bar... It's a hell of a tap you got there. What do you mean? This is a double playing glass? I mean, that sounds like the guy was outside and he's inside and he's tapping and he shattered the whole, the whole front pane. Seems more like more than a tap. Yeah. What did you tap it with? Like a pool cue? Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure about this. This definitely Maybe wasn't one of those big fucking like world series rings or something. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't a little tappy tap tap there owner who is actually still a good friend of mine but at this night he, he he thought i punched the window out so he kicked me out that's what we also and terry knows exactly what happened and he's exactly as drunk as i am but he's like you know he comes outside and i'm like all right well if you don't want to leave um i just give me my gun back and i'll go home he's like no no you can't have your gun back and he's like, in front of a bunch of people. So he's acting all fucking Captain save a I'm like, fuck you, dude. Just let me have my gun back and I'll go fucking back. Wait a second. I'm confused here. Did he say he put the gun in the glove compartment? <laughs> yeah, I thought he said that. I thought he, the whole point was he doesn't take it into the bar. Or did he, or, 
I don't even get it. Did the the owner of the establishment go into the glove compartment, confiscate the gun from his vehicle? This is like the Benny Hill bar. Yeah, <laughs> bar I don't, story. I don't care. Plus, is it the old West? Like you have to put your guns in a in a bucket at the front door. I think you keep it in your horse's asshole. <laughs> oh, he's like, no, can't have it. I wasn't hearing it, so I was like, okay, if you don't give me my gun back, I'm gonna slash your fucking tire. And then I'm going to go back home. He's like, no, you won't. So I pulled my knife out and I said, this is, my, this is your last chance. Just fucking go for it. Okay. <laughs> all right. So this guy, first of all, I mean, carries a gun. gun. is like $700. You're not going to let somebody take like your $700, you know, bicycle away. You're going to be like, give me my fucking bike back. Who is this guy though? Is this Rambo? He carries a gun around with him. Gun, he, the gun gets taken away. So now he's got a big Bowie knife. Like he's got, <laughs> he carries a big ass knife with him too. Crocodile Dundee, mate. Yeah, this guy sounds really insecure to me. I mean, I, I just don't get it. Like, why do you feel like you need that much protection just walking down the street? If you didn't have the, the knife, how would he got his gun back? <laughs> well, we'll see. I, I just, I just don't understand. I don't carry a knife or a gun. I mean, on huffing me. and puffing only goes so far. D. <sighs> Give me my gun back. <sighs> Incessant complaining, little mixed with a little bit of whining, where it usually works pretty well too. Okay. A couple threats here and there. Um, what threat of what? You're going to write a shitty Yelp review of the bar? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. A screed. <laughs> a threat of a screed. People fear the screed. You really hurt your business. Write a screed like you can, though. Yeah. Some people need to resort to immediate violence. Some, uh, I've been blessed with penmanship when it comes to screeds. Um, <laughs> but this guy, though, this guy, I don't get it. Like, why do you need to have a gun, a knife? Does he have brass knuckles? I mean, we don't all live in the, you know, Hollywood Hills like you do, D. Do you, get, in... do you need this in, in Alameda? No, I don't, but I don't know where this guy lives. <laughs> I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't need it either. Well, it sounds like he lives in Somalia or something. Maybe he does. <laughs> don't let the accent fool you. He's very, maybe this is a black Somalian who just speaks very fluent English. I think he's the one white guy that lives in Somalia and therefore he needs to protect himself. He's just the Somalian bar drinking Jankum or whatever that is they have there. You want to just give me my gun back? He's like, nope. So I walk over, I slash the tire. He's got like a big jacked up F-150. I mean, each one of those tires probably cost about $300. Just one of them. He's like, fuck you guys. And I went home. And, you know, it was a pretty bad story, but the if you go back to that town these days and you ask about me, they will tell you that I fucking shot the place up. I fucking punched out every window. I stabbed somebody. I fucking shot somebody. You know, definitely guns were brandished, but they, in reality, none of that ever happened. In fact, mm. I was back in town about a week ago, and uh, this dude I hadn't seen in a long time, and he was asking about my ex-girlfriend, and I was like, no, no, we haven't been together in quite a while. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, she must have left you after you shot up Terry's truck. And I was like... No, actually, that never happened, and we stayed together for like three years after that incident, but ugh, fucking, you can't explain that to these people. Anyways, keep it sick, keep it wrong, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> they don't want to listen. If I was one of those bar patrons, I'd be spreading a different rumor. Well, actually, he shit his pants in the stool, so the owner threw him out. Got 86. He the stool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's stool all over that stool, so we gave him the boot. I would have probably just come back to get my gun the next day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? Because now he's, like I said, he's out like 700 bucks. 
But it sounds like, though, they still remain friends here. So uh, they're still buddies. Probably still drinks Maybe he did that get bar. his gun back. But he, uh, I, he obviously had to pay for the dude's tire if they're friends. And a tire is like 250 bucks, right? He said each one is Especially like 150 a, yeah, bucks. Yeah, like a big F-150 lifted truck tire. Yeah, so I bet you, I mean, it probably cost him a lot to uh, go drinking that night. Now I want to hear more about the uh, why the relationship ended. <laughs> is it because you're a survivalist i don't know this guy Chick, I bet, chicks dig survivalists possibly i i, I think this guy probably providers i think this guy lives in a treehouse somewhere totally off lives just on his own off the think, grid <laughs> survivalists don't live in tree houses this guy lives in a tree house. dumbass fucking hippies live in tree houses survivalists I, live on compounds Apparently, you haven't been to Somalia. <laughs> they don't even have any trees there. <laughs> they live in all those boats that they hijack. Everybody has a gun there, the pirates. Yeah, the pirates, you just cruise around with, a, with like an AK. You have to. I think you get one when you turn six. <laughs> you shot my donkey in the foot. <laughs> Do you like my generic third world accent? <laughs> Applies to all developing countries maybe uh, give me a flashback to that tom hanks movie was that <laughs> captain jack or something no. captain phillips yeah captain phillips yeah it's a good movie it's a good movie i liked it yeah. all right well uh, i want to hear some more stories from the insane gun nut here's more people that you've shot up or stabbed or um hearts you've broken <laughs> anyway uh here's the next uh, next call this is a thought experiment um yeah let's let's, let's roll the theme music Second row, thought experiment. Hey there, soft and warm. This is Michael from Florida, your favorite goddamn state. And I have a thought experiment for you. There's this uh, homeless guy that hangs out um, outside of my work in, like, the smoking area. And he's, he's always fucking drinking and rambling on about, like, fucking, you know, the Nazis are going to come back. And the Is he a former co-worker? Never forget. Yeah. <laughs> they could come back. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. This guy's keeping it topical, not letting you forget, live your life, and... uh and just erase that part of history. Fucking, they're in it with the aliens and shit, you know. Do you know what the queers are doing to our soil? And, you know, it just makes no fucking sense. But recently, he's been coming around and he's been uh, making a little bit more sense, at least to me. So, does that... Are you getting high at work now? I was going to say, that's not the signal that he's getting uh, any more coherent. It means you're slowly going senile yeah, you're, uh, on his level. <laughs> you're slipping into senility here. I mean that he's getting saner or that like his crazy has rubbed off on me. All right. See you later. Fuck you, Wackerly. Oh, I preempted the end of his story. I thought he was going to go on to tell us what it was that he was saying that was sane. Yeah, it doesn't so sound you know, like you got to call back and be like, well, what is it that's making sense? Yeah, I want to know, Fill is it in. about the Nazis? Is it the aliens? Uh, are you an anti-Semite now? Like, what, what's making sense here? 
I met somebody recently who uh, told me that there's like a, uh, a worldwide ruling elite uh, that like, you know, Tony Blair is one. And uh, oh, they're not all Jews. No, no, no. They're not Jews. They're all uh, child rapists and murderers. Tony oh, Blair, okay. Gavin Newsom. Um, I don't know. I can't remember. Illuminati? Kind of, yeah. I think if I would have said Illuminati, she would have said something like, yeah, that's kind of what I'm talking about. I did ask her where they got all the children they raped and murdered, and she told me orphanages. So does Chris Hansen... <laughs> Without skipping a beat. Does Chris Hansen know about this group? No, I mean, Chris Hansen is powerless against these. These aren't your everyday schmo child abuser. These are like, like they, they've organized child murder events. So these are the guys. This woman was telling me this in complete... In utter earnestness, by the way. Not wow. joking, not even like, you know, isn't it interesting to think about? Like, she really believed this. And, and in fact, this was a, a follow-up to her telling me that she had all these guns in her apartment to protect herself. And then I asked her what she was protecting herself from. And this was basically what she was protecting herself from. The uh, cabal of uh, child rapists and murderers. So did you smoke meth with her or was no, she just no, smoking I tried herself? To get away as soon as possible. <laughs> I was about to say, what is your, cause usually, uh, have very little patience for, uh, crazies that, uh, speak to you like that. Like what is, what, what do you do? Like when, when you engage, do you just realize, okay, this person's insane. I need to cut off this conversation immediately. That's what I try to do. Yeah. How long did you speak to her? Uh, 15 minutes. <laughs> Were you by yourself? No, I was at a dinner. This was the problem. I couldn't get away. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's now this, was this woman like, uh, in her senior citizen, like nope. was she homeless? No. You don't eat <laughs> like dinner said, with homeless people? <laughs> they don't often eat dinner with homeless people. But. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. The Illuminati, the ruling elite of just child rapists. Yeah. We didn't get into aliens or lizard people or anything, but um, if I would have been forced to talk to her for much longer, I, I would have pushed it in that direction. I think the problem with this caller here is uh, he actually engaged. I think there's a certain we point. We said he lives near the guy. Yeah, You always have that old guy who lives near you that you have to talk to because he's just always outside of his apartment or whatever house. Yeah, but you don't talk to him for like 20 minutes. Like this guy established a relationship here. Some of these guys can talk. I mean, yeah. But, can't but, get away. Okay, you're outside smoking. You see the crazy homeless guy. You nod and you walk to the other side. Hmm. That's what you do. I mean, I, if you keep continually engage with them, eventually the uh, the nonsense that they're spewing is going to start making sense. That's what he says happened. Yeah. So uh, next thing you know, how do you think? I bet you this guy probably was like, uh, you know, probably a, one of the supervisors at his company. At one point mm -hmm. and started smoking meth. Next thing you know, it's kind of like in uh, uh what's that? Better call Saul, the brother scared of light. He's got that light phobia. <laughs> he's not scared of light. Yeah, He's got that phobia of light. <laughs> he's scared of uh, electromagnetic radiation and light. He has to wear the, like the silver uh, space blanket. That's to, that's to deflect the electromagnetic uh, frequencies. And this guy was one of the VPs at the company. So this dude, I bet you this guy was probably one of the VPs at one point. Next thing you know, he's outside <laughs> talking nonsense. Yeah. Because he's insane. Anyway, I would avoid those people in the future. People call Sigmund Hotline, 206-666-3846. We've got one email to get to. 
Uh, stick around podcast, hotmail.com. Uh, this came in from Mike. He goes, hey, you fucks. Just wanted to tell you about the time I fucked a super fat chick at a party. I can't call in because my phone is gay. Anyway, I went to this party a few years back and there was this rather large girl there. Let me tell you how large she was. You were talking about maybe 20 stone with psoriasis of the everywhere. A fanny that smelt like a fisherman's knuckle. This chick sounds hot. Sounds like a, uh, a northern bird. Um, started off by chatting in the kitchen. Got a little heated. It was too early in the night to try anything, so we left it for later. Meanwhile, a girl I had been seeing for a while walked into the party and said that we could screw later on. Me being in my drunk state thought, fuck that. I'm going to screw a chick as soon as possible. And later on, went upstairs with the heifer. Do you think that's the typical thought process of most Englishmen? I don't know. I mean, is this story going anywhere interesting or a guy just fucked a fat chick at a party? It gets a little interesting. (laughs) Okay, Uh, let's get to it. All right. Started off and a friend who happened to be in the room at the time had to literally put my dick in for me as I was so fucking wasted and kept missing the goal. So is this a threesome? Does that count as a uh, menage a trois? It seems like it. Your friends are handling your fucking cock. So wait, was your friend like your fluffer? It sounds like the friend was doing the fluffing, keeping you erect in order to have sex with the uh, large Is he sure that this fat chick was even in the room? That's a good point. I'm thinking maybe what he's thinking is the beanbag chair that he was sitting on while his friend was blowing him. Right. That's That's probably what really happened. (laughs) Anyway, people started to try and get into the room by bashing on the door for some reason. So this chick went into (laughs) full-on Hulk mode and picked up a TV he said a TV that's about 40 inches uh, wide, like one of those big screen TVs. And she threw it against the door. Now I'm thinking, holy hell, screw this. And I walked the fuck out of there. Walked downstairs with the whole party laughing and the other girl was gone. I fucked up. That's about all I can remember apart from the shit I got in the morning for it. Keep it sick, keep it wrong, Mike. Wow, that's a good story. So you had sex with your fat guy friend on a beanbag chair. <laughs> Next time, don't drink so many Stellas. <laughs> People, email the show, com. iTunes, best way to listen to shows. Subscribe, break, comment. We appreciate the support. Also, the Sigurong Facebook page, fun place to uh, interact with the fans. A lot of daily posts. I just wackily posted there something uh, today. I've been posting a lot of stuff you told me to. Yeah, it was a good, uh, it was a good article that you posted. I forget what it was. It was <laughs> like... Uh, it was, a, it was a story. About it's just some, for the uh, picture. Usually when yeah. I post something, it's for the picture or the video. Ain't nobody got time to read a story. Ain't nobody got time for that. You got to wait work. for the podcast to just listen to it <laughs> passively. Anyway, uh, yeah, let's go check out the Sigurong Facebook page. Also, we are selling t-shirts right now on the, at the Sigurong store. Just go to sigurongpodcast.com slash store. You buy a t-shirt. I throw in a print. We're almost out of print, so this deal's going to end probably quickly, very soon. So if you buy a t-shirt... You get a print and you get some stickers. Sickerongpodcast.com slash store. Sickerong Song of the Week. I'm going to dedicate this to uh, Christopher Hansen and the, uh, the new show, Hansen vs. Predator. That I hope, uh, hopefully that comes out. People should go to that Kickstarter and donate like $1,000 right now. Because I do want the entertainment. I'd like to see that show. Plus, not to mention, he's doing a service for mankind. I mean, think yeah, about he's it. Like a, it's like a vigilante. What's he like? I'm trying to think of that guy's name from uh, Unsolved Mysteries. Not Unsolved Mysteries. Uh, Adam Walsh's dad. America's Most Wanted. Mike Walsh. 
Yeah. America's Most Wanted. That's kind of like... Uh, it's, it's, it's institution. Yeah. It's kind of like Chris Hansen. Anyway, you go to Kickstarter and support Hansen versus Predator. Anyway, I'm going to dedicate this song. He should probably... That's what he should do. He should have one of those... Like, you remember GeoCities? You go to one of those websites and like a, immediately an MP3 would start playing in the corner. Mm-hmm. There'd be like a spinning, flaming skull on the side. I think that's what he needs to add to his Kickstarter page. And he could play this song, Little Girls by Oingo Boingo. You ever hear that song? Uh, no. Is it about pederasty? Uh, more or less. It was uh, Danny Elfman, you know, was the lead singer. I was going to say, band. isn't this Danny Elfman's band? Yeah, no, Dan- Danny Elfman was <laughs> that a pedo, is he? No, but I think the song, what the song was about is uh, that I guess the band was tired of young girls who were underage dressing derogatory re- or, and revealing clothing. Oh, so it's a morality sexy. song. But they were looking all sexy, so they're getting tired of it. So instead, they wrote this song called Little Girls because they can't act on their desires because it's a crime and they'll get busted by Chris Hansen. So instead, they wrote, Danny Elfman wrote a song about it. This is all pre-Simpsons. Yeah, it's all pre-Simpsons. And we're going to end the show here, Little Girls by Oingo Bongo. I'd like to thank Chris Hansen for being on the show. Thank you, Chris Hansen. And uh, people go support the Kickstarter Chris Hansen versus Predator. I want to make sure that they uh, reach the $75,000 goal. Because I'd like to see that show on the air. I'd like to see one of the members of Hanson. <laughs> on the show, getting busted by Chris Hansen? Yeah. Do you think that's his Because they're his all kid? adults now, right? <laughs> no. Think it's his kid? No. Kids. <laughs> there's three of them. I know, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Hi, yeah, Chris Hansen. Hansen, how are you doing? There are a few Probably celebrities I wouldn't mind seeing on that show, as a matter of fact. We got like Gary Glitter? <laughs> um... Well, Gary Glitter's already busted. Well, that would be great. Anyway, uh, people, um, yeah, we'll be back next week with episode forty-three. Till then, take a sleazy. Okay, good night. Don't uh, get trapped by Hanson. <laughs> yeah, there's one thing you never want to hear is have a seat, Lance Wackerly. <laughs> Unless I'm just tired and I just need the seat sit somewhere. <laughs>
What are you fuckers doing, man? You guys are fucking talking about Australia. Australia's not that bad. You guys are cool as fuck. You want to keep that shit going? Get a sick, get a wrong. Bye.